The Beatles are a pretty nice band, and we've got a lot to say. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfit a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. For you, Blue. Uh, yeah, I really, I really dig this song. Yeah, you know, because uh, I wear the denim. You know, that's my thing, you know? Don't blame Conan. <laughs> oh, my. Nobody's blaming Conan. <laughs> anyway, we've reached the end of Let It Be, Andrew. The end of the 60s, the end of the 70s, baby. Uh, yada, yada, yada. It's George Harrison. The Harris. end of the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, um, as we know them. Uh, mm. Their original reiteration original iteration uh this is george harrison writing a seemingly straightforward love song say seemingly because it's a 12 bar blues so you'd think he'd be singing about being down and out nope nice to hear george be lying on his feet all that being said it's fairly inconsequential and no wonder john and paul allowed this one to be on a beatles record yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it feels very out of place to hear George just doing a 12-bar blues, considering the types of panoramic experimental songs he was doing just a couple years prior, and the pop perfection that he was uh, literally about to create on Abbey Road. You know, the song that, according to the internet, is the most played Beatles song of all time. That's right. Um, but if the prompt was a Back to Basics record then George understood the assignment uh, best. Uh, Yes, it's a simple, light, in your words, inconsequential song. Uh, But even in the song, he calls out that it's a 12-bar blues. So, you know, he's just kind of... He's just creating a bar rocker here. Like, something that you could definitely hear them doing at the Cavern Club or, you know, Hamburg or wherever. Yeah, I, I, it seems like he just had a 12-bar blues in mind, and finally he's like, yeah, I'll just write about my wife. It's fine. I mean, also, he was just up in, you know, prior to these sessions, he was hanging out with the band and Dylan, and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure there was plenty of jamming on 12-bar blues there. Mm-hmm. When they said, Don't Pass Me By was the best White Album song. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's one of the best. That is one of the best anecdotes I have learned from this podcast. <laughs> and we've learned so much. We have learned so much. So George presented an early draft of this song on January seventh, nineteen sixty nine, during a day marked by acrimony with the group. And their study of the taste for the Get Back project, authors Doug Selby and Ray Schweigenhart write that the Beals rehearsed for you blue half heartedly amid heated discussions about their future and with George Harrison in disagreement with Paul McCartney over the proposed concert. Adding to Harrison's dissatisfaction since the start of the Twickenham rehearsals, his compositions, All Things Must Pass, Let It Down, and Hear Me, Lord, received little enthusiasm from Lennon and McCartney. The Beatles returned to For You Blue uh, two days later, by which time Harrison had completed the lyrics. He suggested the song required an acoustic arrangement akin to Skiffle, or citing slide guitarist Sun House as an example, traditional country blues. The next day, George Harrison walked out of the sessions, weary of what he considered to be McCartney's overbearing attitude and John Lennon's lack of engagement with the project. And 
he said, see you at the clubs, as we all remember. Uh, the song was eventually recorded in six takes on the 25th of January with the work he titled George's Blues, parentheses because you're sweet and lonely. Original Harry lyrics, though, said it was titled For You Blues. John Lennon played a lap steel guitar. Unusually, he used a cigarette lighter as a slide. During his solo, George Harrison encouraged Lennon with the words, Go, Johnny, go, and Elba James got nothing on this, baby. Yeah, baby, yeah. There's no bass guitar for you, Blue, because Paul was playing the piano. And Paul Hicks in Abbey Road Studios said that Paul got a unique sound with the piano, a fuzzy metallic sound, uh, according to Hicks. He, he managed that by putting a piece of paper in the piano strings, causing them to vibrate against the paper when struck. You could hear on the session tape Paul's fiddling around trying to get the right sound. Seems like that would ruin a piano eventually, wouldn't it? Yeah. What's all this paper I mean, in here? Who did this? Who did this? No, I, I mean, that's a pretty common trick to, like, stuff the strings with, you know, or to dampen the strings with um, with items. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's different than, like, putting a baseball card in your bicycle spokes. I mean, similar but different. But Yes, which uh, everybody still does today. Oh, everybody still does, you know. I mean, I, I, keep a, I keep a stack of baseball cards behind me ready to go on my bicycle. <laughs> Uh, or as the that character on Deadwood called it, bicycle. Um, did bicycle. The, did people really do that though? Like I thought that was like a uh, a movie thing. A movie thing about set any movie set in the fifties or whatever. I'm sure somebody did it, but you know, I, I certainly did not. No, I I did not and, either, uh, and so. I did collect baseball cards back in the day. Oh, you did? Yes, but I opened them like an idiot. <laughs> What were you thinking? I was thinking I want to see the cards I, I got. Yeah, I, I had a I had a binder full of cards mm. um, somewhere, but like none of them were especially great. It's better than a binder full of women. Remember that? That's hey topical. Now. That's topical. I, as soon as I said binder full of baseball cards, that popped into my brain. It popped into my brain too, and I was thinking, <laughs> what, should I say it or not? And you know what? And in my brain, I was like, is he going to say it? Because I bet it popped it? in his brain, too. I went for it. <laughs> you did go for it. <laughs> that was Mitch, Mitchell Romney, right? Mitty Romney? Uh, Mittens Romney, Mittens yes. Mittens Romney, yes. 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 He, the, who uh, left his dog on the roof of a car. <laughs> That's That's right. His yes. lasting legacy. Oh, my God. Uh, I, was, I was working those debates... It was that those debates. I was reading the news. Twenty twelve, and when he uttered the words out of that mouth, like everyone's jaw dropped, (laughs) sitting on the news set. Like what? (laughs) I'll never forget that. Anyway, on March thirtieth, nineteen seventy. So this is a over a year later. Phil Spector made a sixteen-second loop using the song's instrumental break, uh, to which he overlaid snippets of speech from the Let It Be film soundtrack. It was, of course, never used, and that I think that would explain uh, why "For You Blue" was last on the track listing. Like that, it would kind of make sense. Like if he left that in, or if he was allowed to leave that in, you know, a nice little wrap up of the project. Yeah, but I feel like George Harrison would not uh, appreciate putting, you know, spoken word stuff in in his song. 
Well, unless you close the the album with him saying, see you around the clubs. Yeah. But they didn't have audio of that. Damn it. I know. (sighs) Mark Lewis said, uh, from the Complete Beatles Recording Sessions book, said several mixes were made in this fashion. It was like such cinema verite moments from the rooftop performance element of the film. As the old woman's, I just can't see that it makes sense. The young girl's, yeah, I think it's great. Livens up the office hours anyway. The buller-headed vicar's, nice to have something for free in this country at the moment, isn't it? The taxi driver's, is it their new record? Oh, great, I'm all in favor of it. And the pompous businessman's, this type of music is all right in its place. It's quite enjoyable. But I think it's a bit of an imposition to absolutely disrupt all the business in this area. (laughs) I do do remember the uh, interviews, like, when they were doing the rooftop concert. And there was one, like, older gentleman who was, like, really, he seemed to really like it. And he's like, oh, you know, it gives people joy. And I was, like, really, that that got to my heart. Because you expected him to, like, complain. And instead he was... Really sweet. The Beatles are for everybody. <laughs> Can you imagine complaining? Ah, oh, the Beatles, knock it off up there. I'm calling the police. And the inspector used just one piece of dialogue from the Twicket and film sessions. Heard immediately prior to For You Blue on Let It Be, it was Lennon's Queen Says No to Pot Smoking FBI Members. Not funny. What's with the FBI stuff? He knew. He knew, I'm telling you. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Music critic John Harris remarks on a surprising decision to include For You Blue in light of the more substantial compositions Harrison had presented. Like Harris, author Elliot Huntley considers Harrison deliberately refrained from pushing for the inclusion of his best material, believing his bandmates would not do justice to songs such as All Things Must Pass, Let It Down, and the similarly overlooked Isn't It a Pity and Something. He did change his mind about something, at least. He did. In a 2003 review for Mojo, John Harris highlighted For You Blue as one of the tracks that remained true to Paul McCartney's original concept for a return to the group's beginnings with the Get Back Project. That's true. Paul McCartney performed a song at the concert for George in November 2002, a year after Harrison's death. Was that before or after Prince's epic guitar solo, Love Count? Five. We haven't had love in a while, so that's nice. No. Josie Scale, is this song better than your love, buddy Outfield? I'm gonna say, Josie. This gets a Josie. I'm afraid it's a Josie. I'm gonna agree, it's a Josie for me as well. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the Outfield a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah. Someday we'll judge if they're fine.